I would like to acknowledge the Gurringai people and pay my respects to the elders, both past and present. The Gurringai people are the traditional owners of this land where we meet today. I'm only going to refer to Mark Depina by his full name this one time. Dippy or Dip, as he is known where he grew up in the beachside suburb of Cronulla, spent his entire life living the dream. Dip was introduced to surfing at a young age and besides his family, the ocean is where his heart lies. However, a few years ago, out of nowhere, he started writing poetry and he now has over 5,000 poems to his credit. This is Dippy's Story. Welcome to Sharing Stories, Changing Lives. The host, Karen Sander, has the privilege of interviewing individuals from all walks of life, each with their own powerful and inspiring stories. The guests share their life experiences, and in doing so, they celebrate the transformative magic of storytelling. To learn more, visit www.thestoryroom.au and explore the private membership area, the Backstage Pass. So welcome, Dippy. Welcome, Karen. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's great that you've made the time to come on today. Firstly, I wanted you to explain how you came to have the name Dippy. Well, it's been a nickname since school. Uh, my last name being Dippina, D-E-P-E-N-A. I got Deppy and then it went to Dippy. And dip. So I've been stuck with that name since I was five, and I'm now turning 70 this year. It's a pet name, and well, sometimes your pet names mean more to you and to other people than we really think. Yeah, it, it is true because uh, just a quick example my son at school is you know, Mr. Dupina, but I said, oh, you, you teach, my son teaches you at school, this group of school kids. And they said, no, nah, never heard of him. I said, they call him Dippy because they, they've all stolen my nickname, all my free kids. And, uh, oh, yeah, he's our favourite teacher. So everyone knows me around the area as Dippy, so it's pretty funny. And I use that as my, as my pen name to write poetry now. And as I said, I, I've done that book that I showed you before as Dip. I want you to tell us just in a few sentences a little bit about you growing up in Cronulla. Okay, I was born and bred in Cronulla, in, uh, born in 54, I grew up in Lilypilly and we moved to Woolaware, which is just about 700 metres west of Cronulla Beach. My passion for surfing started at about 12 when my father introduced me to nippers and it hasn't stopped. I've been surfing. So I've had the opportunity to surf all, all my life uh, and I'm married now with three kids and they're in their late 30s and the passion hasn't lost it. It's just the, the next stage of my life is this poetry, which we will get into shortly. Well, it intrigues me as to what was the defining moment when you realised you had a talent for writing poetry because that's really what we're here to talk about. In 2010, I was, I was uh, introduced to uh, Facebook to look at surfing photos and for some ungodly reason I started to comment in rhyming verse. I don't know why. I've never picked up a poetic pen in anger before this. <laughs> and so off I went and 5,400 poems 
later, my own published book, as you know, and a one-man show, and now going into this thing which we'll talk about with uh, writing music lyrics to my poems by adding choruses, which uh, so other than my passion for surfing, which is my first passion, and family, this is becoming a very close third. I was just going to talk about that surfing is your first and foremost passion along with your family. And I know you you have very, very strong values when it comes to family. You talk about them all the time. How has surfing influenced poetry? I write to pictures and a lot of the pictures that I, poems that I've been inspired by, I write in rhyming verse and they're usually a formula of four verses four lines of four-line rhyming verse. And it, the palette of surfing as a, as a influence was because of the photos. And we've got a few really great photographers that get down there every morning taking surfing uh, sunrise photos of Cronulla along the promenade. And I've written many poems to those pictures. I just see the picture uh, and then I go, wow. And I, I've written them in five minutes. I, I don't think there'd be a poem that I've written that has taken more than, say, six minutes max. I just get it. And if I don't save it, it's gone forever. I, I can't remember what I just wrote. It's just something I don't know what it is, but I, I just can pick up, a uh, be on a chat line and I can – rhyme words, but I got a lot of time for rappers. I went to one of those open mics one night and it was an open mic for poetry and I I, I sat there and listened to these street rappers and through how they remember their lines is pretty incredible because it's it's a, it's an art, it's it's a talent to people that have – I'd love to have a photographic memory like that. But, yeah, so yeah, your question was uh, it has influenced me greatly because every day I'm seeing an image that, that I, I can write to and guys like uh, – there's three main guys, Shannon Lambert and uh, there's Michael Sutton and Chris Dyer. They've all given me inspiration. I've written probably 100 poems to each and – what we like to do is a collab book of their beautiful high-res photographs and my poem next to explaining what I've seen in the picture. And they're all keen to do that. It's just a matter of finding the time. You know, look, retirement's a hard gig, you know, and someone's <laughs> got to do it. <laughs> you just I, I agree entirely because this is really my retirement, my repurposed yeah. life, and I get it. It's a hard gig, but someone does have to do it. <laughs> Yeah, I, people go, oh, you, you will get bored being retired. I said, you've got to be kidding. Like between surfing every day, like I'll surf three hours, like you do your swimming and all that, my, my passion is surfing first. And so this is all fun to me. You know, people say, oh, you put your poems out there, anyone can grab them. I said, look, it's, I don't care because it's not my bread and butter. It's just fun. So when we talk about the, this Twitch and, and the music pr platform is being created after after uh, COVID, you'll understand where I'm going with and what I'm enjoying and, and the people that, that have had used my poetry. Uh, and I've just said to them, look, I just just give me credit for the words. I, I don't want any anything monetary out of it unless you make a million bucks out of a royalty. <laughs> yeah. So really you are probably, in theory, busier in your retired life than you were when you were at work? Yeah, well, I only had ever had two jobs in my life, Karen. 
I was a surveyor, uh, assistant technician for the lands department from, uh, I started work in 73 after school and I was there eight years and I got a job at the refinery and I started, I, la- I stayed at the refinery for 35 years and in their wisdom, the company decided to make it into a distribution terminal. So my job was negated because I was a process operator. But that job of sh- rotating shift work allowed me to go surfing because I did five afternoons, two days off, five days, two days off, five nights, and then a six-day break. So I was all this t- time, and this was well before I discovered poetry. So now I've got this surfing by day and, and writing by night because my favourite time to write, I'll call it the witching hour, is from 12 o'clock at night till about two or three in the morning because I'll go and watch a movie with my wife and she'll said, I'll see you and you'll be asleep in a minute and 35. Worst thing for me as a babysitter is a lounge. I'm sleeping. So I wake up 12 o'clock bright as a button. So what am I going to do? Oh, I better start going, go on the computer and write a few poems. So <gasps> that's why I've got the 5,400 poems. <laughs> well, you just answered my question, where and when is your favourite place to write? Well, you've told me in the middle of the night yes. when everybody else is sleeping. But, look, I do you think that's because your mind becomes clear then and there's nothing else going on except maybe a photo in front of you that you're writing about? The, the quietness of the night is a big thing. Like I, I'm in this back room and my wife's, like all the kids have married and left home and she's out the other room and she'll watch telly and I could hear it in the background. As soon as she goes to bed, that's when it's the clearest of the night. All you hear is the possum on the roof or, uh, the, you know, the, you might hear the sound of a of, of one of those bird, night birds. But other than that, I, it's so beautifully t- quiet here. And it's probably the most inspirational. But as I said, uh, my main inspirations are photos that I write to, be it an inspirational uh, quote or a, a motivational quote. They're ones I've written to. Someone can write a comment and I'll, I'll get an idea and go, go off from there. And that's how I'm inspired, really. It's, uh, it's interesting because people go, don't you ever get writer's block? I said, I don't think I've ever had it. I, I've always got something to write about, you know. It was actually a question I was going to ask you later, but I wanted to um, invite you to yeah? share one of your poems around surfing. Excellent. Okay. I'll do the one that... It's, it's about the only poem that I've written that is not in rhyming verse. I've got thousands of poems, but this one I think is it's quite, um, it, it sums up what surfing is all about. And it's, it's a situation where a friend who is a great surfing photographer uh, wants to put a movie together at the Opera House and, and he, it was a picture of him standing in front of a wave that was about to crash on the shore. And I looked at the picture and he actually got John Laws to, 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 to um, recite this poem. And it goes like this, and you'll know this poem, Karen, because we did say it at the storyline. It's called The Power Within. And it goes like this. I stand before her. I am but a speck of sand in this nautical world. I am mesmerised. I am in awe. Hell hath no fury like an ocean scorned. Nothing, nothing can match the power of an angry ocean. Let me capture this power through my lens. The sea has taken me wholly, a lifelong dedication, indelibly etched in my DNA since birth. 
Nothing can match its tenacity. I am but a mere observer. I am its disciple. Let me take you through my lens, through the world's oceans. Let me witness this, her unleash her energy. Let her release that power before me. Let me share my passion, my devotion, my soul in a place I love to be. Let us ride this energy to the shore. Let us challenge, harness this beast together. Let us dance carefully, yet gracefully across her face. Let us be enveloped by her power. Always shown respect. She is... Mother Nature, she is Mother Ocean. She is the power within. And I, that, I really love that. You know, yeah. um, Mother Nature, And when you see a massive wave crashing on the shore, you just don't want to be under it. And Oh, well, yeah. You just, took, you just took me on a journey looking yeah. at a wave that I'm going, oh, holy crap, how am I going to get under that one? And you, you just don't want to get well, as it takes you over. Oh exactly. My God. Well, well, this was written purely for this uh, the start of this movie that he's going to do, and he does these things called Australian Movie Surf Festivals every year, and it's it goes to all these major places in the world like Chaopu, Jaws, Pipeline. And he's got me doing poems now about the individual surfers that are known to surf these breaks. And this was just the the, pro, the prelogue uh, poem. And he said, I'm going to get John Laws to read it. And uh, so he sent it to me and it's John Laws' voice saying this poem. But I said, Tim, this is something you should say because this is you. And, and uh, I think poetry becomes quite personal in a lot of ways and a lot of people read my poetry and they say, I can relate to what you've written there because y y you're speaking from the heart and you're speaking as a – you're not sort of using big metaphors. My poems are all simple rhyming verse. There's nothing, there's nothing um, sort of like you need, don't need a thesaurus to get out to read or decipher. Uh, and, and look, I say I, I can look down at my folder, my books there. I've got about, I was putting them in a monthly folder. I've, I've got about 30 folders there. I've got thousands. So for 5,400 poems, you'd think that each, there'd be a poem that would be very similar. But I've gone through them all and there's always something slightly different. And that's because what's inspired me to write, they, I mean, this Ocean, devotion, heart, start. There's all so many words in in the English language that that rhyme, but I managed to be able to sort of manipulate them to to make them work. This situation, and people have said to me, uh, and who I've written eulogies for for their parents, they give me some facts, and I've got on to do that. You've mentioned to me at the story room about Twitch, and until you mentioned Twitch, I had no idea what Twitch was. So what is Twitch and what collaborations and individuals have influenced you in Twitch? When COVID hit in the three years and the, all the musicians around the world were stuck at home and they, like, because that and the, uh, the hospitality industry, they were very, they couldn't go out and work. So basically Twitch was a gaming platform and what happened uh, all, uh, the fellow I follow pretty religiously on the music circuit is Peter Northcote and he said, we're going to go to Twitch and we all went, what is it? And they said, well, it's a gaming platform that the musicians are using uh, to put their streams out around the world. So you'd follow P 
Peter for three hours and he'd go, I'm going to go and raid, the expression raid, another another musician that might be in Greenland, Iceland, Canada, England. So from that raiding other, other musicians, I've got to know many musicians around the world that you would never get the chance to have ever met through this platform called Twitch. So as a follower of that, we have a chat line down the side and they start to ask, oh, Dippy's here from Sydney and what what do you do? And, and you start to tell them, I said, oh, look, I'm playing with poetry and I've been adding choruses thinking I could make lyrics. And they said, well, give us a few and we'll have a go. And so one guy, uh, Familiar Fry, he's done 30 of my song uh, lyrics and just on the, on the spur of the moment, he's just put words to those uh, put music to those words, just reading them on, off the cuff on his piano, and they're beautiful. And, and Mother Merm uh, from Texas, she's done three songs that are just I, – I just love what she's done with my words, she, her interpretation. And, look, she was a classical pianist and I think she was a pianist and she was also a uh, a lady that played uh, in church choirs. It's just the, the – the, the uh, diversity of people that I'm meeting on this platform and it's just given me the impetus to actually now start to understand how to write words, uh, write, write um, my words as song lyrics by knowing them because I can't sing or play a note so it makes it hard to write this stuff if you don't have a guitar in front because a lot of people don't write music to they write their music and then they add the lyrics where on the other way around. I'll be your Bernie Taupman of the of the Elton John sort of situation. I'd like to think that. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously this is your lifelong learning and which I think is really good in retirement, you know, like you have to keep your brain going or we know oh, what yeah. happens, they drop off the perch. <laughs> you, you know, that's so true, you know, there, Karen, because I think if you, your brain's a muscle, if you use it, It'll continue to to be active, and I, I really feel that just just and I'm not I was never a reader at school. I, I'd be lucky to read Animal Farm and Jonathan Livingston's <laughs> Seagull. That, that's and I, I started to read Lord of the Rings. It took me eighteen months to read it. I just can't concentrate. But this thing of writing, I, I'll never get tired of. I, I I can sit down and write. And I'll write, and I might do three poems. I might do one poem. It just depends what the inspiration is for that night, uh, or what something topical. I mean, I had a lot of fun when Trump was uh, was in in power oh. because uh, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> no, I can imagine that, but anyway. but he was the best entertainment of my life for four years. <laughs> well, I think for some people, it was great entertainment because the TV news got very boring when oh, yeah. uh, when he because that was all fake news. Don't you remember? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> If you're interested in getting more involved in our community, connecting with people who share your interests, you can do this by visiting our website at www.thestoryroom.au. Is there a favourite moment or surfing memory, maybe even from the Mentawis, that inspired a particular poem? And, you know, how do your own personal experiences on the waves shape the themes, you know, and I'm not talking about you see a photo and it shapes the theme in the poem, but mm. you, on a wave, does that help you shape a poem? Well, as a surfer, you, you, the whole thing's dynamic. You've got the, the, the ocean, the tide, the ocean, the size of the wave, the offshore spray. So these descriptive feelings are always in my head. I said, geez, I, 
It's a, oh, and my favourite expression, and people have got used to me saying it, they'll say something or show a picture and I go, there's a poem in that. <laughs> and sure as eggs, within five minutes, I've got a poem written. And and if I don't write it straight away, Karen, it's gone. I, I can't – I've got the memory of a goldfish and, and that's what happens, I suppose, of getting older. Like I think uh, – I always wondered what would be worse, to, to, to lose your mobility or lose your mind. It's a hard one because – at least when you lose your mind, you don't know. But you know what I'm saying? It, it, you're in, you see them in oh, – look, I've done the nursing home gigs. I've gone around with my poetry and I've, I've said my poems to the nursing home people. And the front row would be like falling asleep in five minutes. The back row would be going, you said that last week. I remember that one. So you, you, the stages of um, dementia – in these nursing homes, it, it, it's incredible. And some people, you think, why are they in there? I feel sorry for them. And I remember meet, uh, I went and visited Uncle Ray at the, the local uh, uh, nursing home, uh, Willowear Shores, and I walked in and I'm in the room talking to him. Next minute, I could sense four or five people behind me. And I went back to the nursing quarters. I said, what's going on? There's all these people in my uncle's uh, room. And they said, they're all lonely. No one visits them. No one comes and visits because we've got this mentality, let's put our, ki- our parents in the nursing home and forget about them and that's what happens. And it was just, it's just that they always thought, well, he's a visitor. Let's go and occupy, be occupied. So I said, I said, if I ever get the chance to entertain, I'm going to do it. And then it was only about a year later after Ray left and died, but I went back to that same nursing home and I said, I want to say some of my poetry to the to the old folk. And it got them talking. And I'd have a poem. One was mm. called Carrying Bar Road. It was just an old Austin. And, and, and you'd hear, hey, Harry, you remember that car? Uncle, you had one of those. Yeah. So I got them talking. Where They'd be sitting there vegetating. Yeah, that's so exactly. It, they need it, entertainment it, it, and they need stimulus. Yeah. Well, that's what – we. I think we all need stimulus. We do. We all need stimulus as we get older. And, I mean, what better stimulus – I still surf. I, honestly, I do not feel 70, coming on 70. I feel, I still feel 40. Like you, 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 you hang with youth, you, you, act, you stay young, you know. I think people, younger people, and when we were younger, we have a very different perceptive of what ageing is and mm. I'm not far behind you, two years behind you, and I'm just about to reveal that you're turning 70 soon, but... It's not old. It's not it old, a- people. It's not old. We're still young. <laughs> 70s and new 40, Karen. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, um, as you turn 70 and looking back on your life, are there specific lessons or insights from your surfing and your poetry journey that you'd like to share with others? I think the youth of today that, they don't want to crawl before they walk. They just want everything tomorrow. They like they want the, the house. They want the new good car. I think they got to realise. Uh, like my kids go, oh, you just get on the surf every day. I said, yeah, but I did forty six years of work, and we we gradually built what we have up. But they want it tomorrow, and I, I think the main thing is just to smell the roses. The, the kids of today, I think they've got a great part of their lives like we were baby boomers both of us Karen and we've experienced thanks for telling me (laughs) was I a baby boomer oh my god that's the first time I've ever known that 
you did, you did, you did say two years younger, so I, I, I yeah. use my math. I use my favourite math. But basically because of that reason, we've seen the advent of the, the first calculator, the first computer, the first the video player, and now IT with the, the mobile phone. I mean, where do you go anywhere in a restaurant where not everyone's not picking up their mobile phones? We go out with a family now, uh, with a group, and we go, first person that picks up their mobile, they pay the bill. And so they all go hidden. <laughs> well, can I tell you, on the way to the beach this morning for a swim, yeah. all the kids are going back to school. And I was at a traffic light with a bus stop next to it. And every kid at the bus stop was on the mobile phone. I thought... Yep. Like you said it before, smell the roses. What's happening out there? It's not well, happening on that screen. Do you remember when we were young in our backyards? We could play cricket in the backyard. Now they're all we're all living in uh, dual lockies, and there's the backyards are nothing because everyone's on the playstations, all the kids' games. They don't know what it's like to just be out there and and playing in the yard. So that's one thing I'll do with the grandkids. I'll make sure that they get to see all the things that, other than be a screen in front of them. I yeah, think uh, they, 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 you see these kids at two and they can, un, they, can, they can do one finger, you know, that thing on their phone. They don't, where am I, up there? <laughs> yeah. So it's, they're born, it's inbred with them. I'm sure it gets passed on through the fetus, you know. And if we don't um, use our fingers on the phone, they're all going to fall off. <laughs> so um, That's funny. I'm a, I'm a one-finger typist and it's, it drives people... I'm, I'm noisy because I'm bang, 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 bang. Oh, yeah. yeah. I say to my partner, stop stabbing the phone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, if you're it. on it every day, you can, my daughter is amazing. When she can be multitasking and, and they're all, that's what the younger generation are good at because well, the legacy of the IT is that they're, they're really good at IT and if you don't keep up, you're going to yeah. get left behind. Well, that's why you know, me doing all this podcasting and live events. I, I'm keeping up with the IT. But, look, we met at Story Room, which is an event that I had, I was holding, hosting and founded, and I did it mm. at Cronulla last year. And you shared a poem about ageing. And since we're talking about ageing right now, which really wasn't, you know, it was about <laughs> riding the waves and crafting poetry, but you wrote a great poem about ageing. Go for it's it, a- Dippy. <laughs> it's, look, I'll tell you something. This poem, I I, I wrote this about four, five or six years ago and it's about the vagaries of getting old and basically I did a show down at the Arts Theatre and I actually was in the front row and the show starts and I'm supposed to be on stage and I get up on stage as my, as my father. So I get dressed up as my dad, I put the glasses on, I put his handicap hat on and I got the cane, right? So I'm, I'm dressed up and I, I get up off the screen and I walk out there and I get up, where is he? I used to work with the old prick. Oh, I'm going to go and do the show myself. So I walk up on stage like this and, and they go, who the hell's this old bloke? And I get up on stage and I said, look, I'm gonna, I, I know a few poems. I'll give you this one. So then that's the segue into this poem and it goes, and I know it, I've said it in the shower for, for three years straight. So I, I, it's one of the poems I know off by heart. Before you start, though, yeah. I want a photo of that with your cane for the cover art of this podcast. So when you get off, you've got a job to do. Get me a good photo. Okay. Okay. So it's over to you. 
This poem is called Got to Face the Ugly Truth, and it goes like this. <laughs> Got to face the ugly truth, I'm getting old, I miss my youth. The mirror doesn't lie, now there's proof. The image I see is not good, truth. Never minded going to the mirror, but that was in a different era. Now it can't be any clearer. Old age is now my biggest fear. Age is never very forgiving, it creeps up on you when you're busy living and all of a sudden you see your belly and from the lounge you can't see the telly. Your whole flexibility starts to suffer. Getting out of that lounge, it's getting tougher. Your legs are bowed, your back's now bent. I'll age to show you're now well lent. Those lines on your face are now deep and furrowed. Those laughter lines are now well burrowed. They're well entrenched like the feet of a crow. When will they end? <laughs> Fucked if I know. Those nananaps are getting longer. Those reading glasses are getting stronger. The little ball patch is getting bigger. And I've really lost my boiled figure. Um, from last year, now this is hard, I'm eligible for a pension card. So where did my life go? It's all just memories. Speaking of which, my pecs are now memories. <laughs> I don't remember much these days. Things seem like just a haze. I really thought it was just a phase. It's not just a conversation I can't raise. And as for all my toilet issues, I always carry a box of tissues. You just never know when you might spring a leak. Incontinence is a bummer when your bladder's weak. I even sometimes wear a nappy, which doesn't make me very happy. It's more for wee than any crappy. No, I'm not a happy chappy. I'm still driving, if you please. I... I'd be out there if I could find my bloody keys. It's pissing me off just like my wheeze. Dementia really is such a tease. My memory's fading. Did I tell you that? I can't remember. Have we had this chat? Just seems so long since I seen you last, but it's only been seconds. Time goes so fast. Now they're talking about this thing called Viagra. Makes your old fella flow like Niagara. Makes it stand to attention. Makes your old pecker stronger. Gives love an extension. Makes it last much longer. When I'm laying in bed after making love, my loving wife looking down from above, then she says, was that good for you too? I don't remember. I haven't got a clue. <laughs> so if you go searching for the fountain of youth, take plenty of bottles because I'm telling you the truth. You can drink all the water that you like, but once old age has got you, it's a long bloody hike. So make the most of those days being young because if life is a ladder, I'm on the top rung. Do all the things you want to do in your youth. Because if you get dementia and forget them, ain't that the truth? It's one of my favourite stippy. I really... I, I always stuff up one line and it drives me crazy. I don't know why I do it. And remember that night down at the story room, I said I just went over and over and over this and then the bloody fan blew all our sh all of my <laughs> all the pages and I'm going, sorry, Karen, and you're going, don't worry about it. And people going, oh, we thought it was all part of the act. <laughs> Look, honestly, forgetting a line makes you human. Most people oh, yeah. couldn't remember that. But, you know, what I do know is you don't have dementia quite yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, you know, you, it's you funny keep, I can... You can yeah. keep working on the dementia bit. <laughs> 
No, that's look, I I I love that one. But um, it was my dad that inspired me for a lot of things, and I, I I'm assure, I'm hoping that you ask the same question. The one the, the poem I did about my dad and um, that's in the book, and and then uh, the letter I get from him later in life, uh, it's it, it's quite touching, and I always like to say I could not read it this poem. I could not read it for months after I wrote it. I, it just got me upset too much, you know. But, uh, yeah, so. Um, I can hear I a know. little bit of upset now. Yeah, I, I am getting a little bit. Because I just think about him and, and in the book, as you, as you remember, in this, that was the picture of Dad there. Mm. And, yeah. and, and that was the one called Another Angel. Yeah. So, and then I have the letter that goes with it that, um, did I say that the other night? I don't, I don't know. So was the letter really important to you? Yes, well, the whole thing. So this is uh, telling what when Dad died. It was about uh, a year or two later that I looked back after I got it because, like I said, I, I only discovered poetry 12 years ago and Dad has been gone 14 or 15 years. He, mm. he would have been 106 he would have been 106 if he if he passed uh, if he was alive today, so he, he was 92. He had a good innings, but he was a very uh, he used to make ski boats and we skied till I was about 12. And then the bug of surfing got me, and I just went surfing. And he was the one that got me into the ocean. But so I'd really love to read this one, Karen. I think it's important. Is you that can okay? do that, and then we're going to have to wrap it up. Oh, that's great. Well, I really appreciate your time. I know I probably jumped a bit and threw you out a bit, but, um, yeah, as long as everyone got a bit of a laugh out of it. So that's the picture of Dad, as I said, and uh, I wrote this. This is this is early days now. My poetry has evolved a lot since then, but it's one of the early rhyming verse ones. And it goes, um, another angel came today, picked up my dad, took him away. But I know he'll be looking from above down on me with all his love. I really miss him. I miss him heaps. Just want to kiss him and have him for keeps. He meant so much. He, he taught me well to have a good heart, but don't hide in a shell. So I'll always try to stay true to myself, say how I feel, not just sit on the shelf. So to my guardian angel now looking over me, thanks for showing me this love of the sea. And then... <clears throat> a few months late, oh, it would have been a few months ago, I get this letter. I received a letter the other day. The writing looked familiar in a surprising way. I looked on the back, no sender address, but the stamp was from heaven, so I had a good guess. I carefully opened, didn't want to tear and spoil the emotion I was feeling right there. I opened the letter and to my surprise, the words that I read, brought tears to my eyes. Dear son, I miss you, I miss you every day. I just want to kiss you in a fatherly way. Just want to hold you again and talk of those days. Just want to retain the emotion one displays. When you haven't seen someone for so many years, when you haven't been with someone, to take away their fears, to laugh and to smile and recall all those times. Hold and just listen to your silly little rhymes. I'm proud of you, son, just how you turned out. The way you show compassion leaves me no doubt that you did listen and learn to what I had to say. Just glad that this letter arrived before Father's Day. Love, Dad. I stood there a moment, tears running down my face, and thought of my tribute in my book on the last space. I picked up my book and read what I did say, just how another angel came back today. 
Love that. Miss you. Mark, that is beautiful. Notice I didn't call you Dippy. That was a Mark <laughs> moment. Look, you know, as I said, I couldn't. I, the, the, the letter was an idea later and I used that in my show but the, the actual poem was a very early, that, was, that book was done in 2013 and that was, I was up to about maybe 1,500 poems and now I'm 5,400 plus and, and now I'm going down the music lyric line. which So it's another, another evolve, uh, evolving sort of pattern, another door shuts, another one opens. And so this and this and, and, and the story room stuff that you're doing and it's all, I'm, I'm looking at the future and thinking, wow, this has got a lot, of, a lot of interesting years ahead of me still, you know. But, and that's um, a great attitude to have because you can create so much in, you know, this third act that Jane Fonda calls it, we're in the third act of our life. But <laughs> there is so much to remember that we can do and to not give up and that we have a wonderful place in this community and we can help other people, younger people coming through to see all the things that are possible. I mean, we're, we're really, without being mentors, we're mentors to them by showing them that you can live a great life as you get older. And Dippy, keep on keeping on. I was so lucky to be introduced that night. You came uh, to the show and someone think- told me you were a poet and we connected from there and I've had uh, 2,000 hours of conversation with you I since then. <laughs> I, I think you, I seriously really believe, Karen, you meet someone in life for a reason and, you know, I think we were meant to happen and, and as I said, I said that thing about Blake and that was how it all started. I went down to watch Blake and uh, and, and that's how we met and, and I think I can see a lot of great great things happening with you this year which I'd love to be part of eventually with helping you in the south side of things and I'm sure that uh, it's going to make us keep our our longevity because Mm. keeping an active mind. Just for those who don't know who we're talking about with Blake, Blake Johnston has a record for 24 hours of surfing. 40 40 hours and 700 waves, yeah. 40 hours and 700. 700. And he just got Australian a uh, day citizen of the year uh, for news for the Shire, and ah. that's why I sent you that picture yes. on, on your on your uh, on your messenger, yeah, which was great because it's a great um, follow up, and he, he and as I said to him, he he's his speaking is improving. Like I say, I, I, I know I spoke too fast tonight and, and and I think I'm going to do your workshop and fix up a few problems. <laughs> so well. Yeah, so if people are interested, go and look at Blake Johnston from Cronulla and his record and um, Mark Dippy, Dip, Mark Dipina. <laughs> where, what, where do people find you? Well, uh, other than in the ocean, uh, looking for looking for unbroken ways. Uh, next, oh, I've got just, can I just mention quickly, I'm going across to the Mantowies, which I haven't been in two, since to this one place since 218 uh, and I went there 10 years straight before uh, COVID and I'm going back with a group of guys surfing and it's my my main solace. So I'll have plenty of poems to write about that that trip. Uh, can you write one for me? Uh, uh, Karen, I, I've got one written in my head already. Uh, and I'd like a Karen poem because Karens have dreadful reputations. Oh, I was gonna, you should put an I instead of an E at your end now because a lot of girls do that now just so they're disassociating. 
no, I'm going to prove the Karen theory wrong. <laughs> Good on you. That's the way to go. Good on you, Karen. So, so Dippy, catch you later. Thank you so much and thank you all for listening. <laughs> Perhaps after this interview you want to try your hand at writing your own poetry. Personally, I believe it is cathartic, a form of journaling and much more affordable than a therapist. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a comment. The links are in the description. And let's continue to connect through stories because we know stories change lives. Until next time, this is Karen signing off. Thank you for tuning in to Sharing Stories, Changing Lives. We'd like to invite you to support us by purchasing a Backstage Pass, costing about the same as two cups of coffee each month. With the Backstage Pass, you'll gain access to workshops and exclusive content, including videos from our live events. You can do this by visiting our website at www.thestoryroom.au We can continue to show that sharing stories changes lives. Thank you.